This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of Third and One from the Gun. I'm your host, Mitchell Blair, and we're talking CFL and a little CFL wagering. It is playoff time. The hunt for the Grey Cup officially begins on Sunday with a pair of games. Winnipeg and Toronto await the winner. I'll talk more about what to expect this weekend and where I'm going to put my money down. But first, let's go back to last week. A week that I said would be very unpredictable because of playing time and the fact no game meant anything when it came to the final standings. When the final gun sounded Saturday night in Calgary to end the regular season, I was 2-2. Montreal and the Stampeders came through for me. It left me with a record of 57-31-2 for the season. Is that good in a nine-team league with three or four games a week? It translates to just under 65%, which ends up being a profitable regular season. As for playoff games, the slate's at zero, so let's preview the Eastern and Western semifinal. But first, there's one thing going on around the league that I want to weigh in on. And that concerns a team that plays in a stadium about a 15-minute drive from where this podcast is being recorded and a stadium where the Grey Cup game will be played in three weeks' time and there's no chance of the team that regularly plays in that stadium being in the game because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders did not make the playoffs. That on the barren prairie is never acceptable, and more so when the Grey Cup is being played in their backyard. It has people concentrating now on junior football as the Regina Thunder is going to play for a Canadian Bowl championship against the Okanagan Sun, while both of Saskatchewan's universities have home field advantage in Canada West semifinals this weekend with many hoping the University of Regina Rams can take on the University of Saskatchewan Huskies for a third time this year to determine the conference's best. Okay, back to the Riders. Once they had finished a craptacular 6-12 season, one that saw them go 2-11 in their last 13, with the last seven being defeats and many of those being games where they just were outclassed, an impatient fan base wanted instantaneous change, and they got it. Or did they? On Tuesday, the Riders announced offensive coordinator Jason Moss could hit the road as he'd been relieved of his duties, with offensive line coach Stephen Soros and receivers coach Travis Moore told they were no longer needed either. Now, this really shouldn't come as a surprise. Moss was god-awful. He had no desire to run the football, which is something you need to do in the CFL or any type of football to succeed. Well, Soros was coaching a unit that gave up an eye-popping 77 sacks this season, and yeah, if you're wondering, that's a record. While some house cleaning was done, many believe a room or two was left untouched as both head coach Craig Dickinson and general manager Jeremy O'Day will be staying to serve out the last year of their contracts. Now, you can look at that decision several different ways. One of them 
is the contentious coaches cap that was put in a few years ago. It's something that's hampered teams making change because that cap counts if a change is needed. One wonders if the decision to have Dickinson and O'Day stay is because of this cap, and with one more year to go in the contract, it makes business sense to have them stay. Or you can look at this as just a blip in the radar. The Riders were a crossbar away from perhaps winning the Western Final in 2019, and their season ended at the Western Final last year. Under O'Day and Dickinson, the team was close to the desired target until this season. The duo had a record of 26-11 and 11 going into this campaign, and then for whatever reason, it fell apart. It didn't take long for fans to see last year that a better offensive line was needed, but that didn't happen. It also didn't happen this year as evidenced by the 77 sacks. That's on O'Day, and perhaps more so on the team's American scouts who didn't produce anyone of real significance this year. With apologies to Frankie Hickson, who was solid when given a chance to be the number one running back. The bottom line is the green and white have a lot of rebuilding to do, especially on the offensive side of the ball. There are guys you can work with on both sides of the football, but the pressure is certainly on O'Day and Dickinson to deliver a team that can win the Grey Cup. This just in. That's not going to be easy, especially when you see what Winnipeg is doing and what BC could do if Nathan Rourke sticks around in 2023. Calgary's fine. Believe it or not, the Edmonton Elks under Chris Jones are going to be better than they were this year because that's Jones's track record. Okay, let's get to the two games this weekend. The Eastern semifinal will have the Tiger Cats in Montreal to face the Alouettes in a game featuring two teams that had a much better second half to the season than the first half. Montreal, who you may remember, told head coach Kahari Jones he was no longer needed, went 7-3 and three in the second half, thus giving them a home playoff game for the third straight year. As for Hamilton, they were a huge, with a capital H, disappointment in the first half of the season. However, they somehow managed to right the ship, winning their last four games, with one of them being a big victory at home over Winnipeg. The only loss the Ticats had in the last third of the season was to Montreal. To me, this game's going to come down to the quarterback. Trevor Harris took over for Vernon Adams Jr. early in the season, and he threw for 4,100 yards. That was a respectable showing, but... Like it or not, Harris has had a lot of playoff failures in the past, one of them being last year when Hamilton forced five turnovers in a 23-12 Eastern semifinal victory. On the other side is Dane Evans. He certainly made it look like the decision to keep him over Jeremiah Masoli was not the right one, and he's a guy that despite a better second half of the season scares me. Yeah, Evans was much better in the final third of the season, which is one of the reasons why Hamilton had a strong finish, but he needs to protect the football, and he's been guilty of not doing that this season. I think the key to this game is going to be how Hamilton can stop or try to stop William Stanback. The CFL's leading rusher last season has slowly eased his way back into the lineup after an early season injury. And when he's on his game, there aren't many better. I would expect Montreal to give Hamilton a steady diet of Stanback with a dose of East MOP nominee Eugene Lewis, Jake Winicky, and Tyson Philpot catching the football. That Hamilton defensive line will have its work cut out for them in stopping Stanback. If they can consistently have Montreal in the second and long situation, it's obviously advantageous to them. The Alouettes are favored by three in a game where there isn't a lot separating the two, and I'd say if this was a neutral site game, it would be a pick em. This is going to be a game that's likely going to come down to the fourth quarter with whoever making the key play at the key time being the winner. Don't be surprised if that play comes on special teams 
at the end of the day, I like the defenses to make this a low-scoring game. So go with the under and go with Montreal on the money line. The Western semifinal should be outstanding as the Calgary Stampeders will be in BC to take on the Lions. Where does one start with this matchup? There are so many storylines going in. The biggest one surrounds Nathan Rourke. The Lions quarterback said he'd be back after suffering a foot injury this summer that derailed one of the best seasons we've seen from a quarterback in the CFL in years and one that would have seen a few records get broken. He did come back by playing a few series in Winnipeg last week to shake off the rust, and he looked all right, but last week meant nothing, and this week does. There's no doubt Rourke makes BC better, and if Calgary's going to have success in this game, they're going to have to win the time of possession battle and have some long scoring drives. When you lead the CFL in rushing and you have a three-headed monster in Kadeem Carey, Diedrich Mills, and Peyton Logan, and the best old line in the CFL that can block for those three along with protecting the quarterbacks as the opposition could only get 17 sacks this year, that's a huge plus for the Stamps. The pressure is going to be on Rourke to move that offense, and with Calgary's defense being one that led the league in sacks, the job should become that much tougher for the Canadian pivot. I think this is going to be a great game with two teams going at it where there isn't a lot separating the two. If it comes down to defense, I'll give the odd to the visiting team to win straight up. I love the over-under line, which at this time is set at 50.5. That's a tough number. I can see both scenarios occurring in this game. I don't think both teams can get to 50, so I'm leaning towards the under, but I can certainly see the over coming into play because of the offensive weapons these teams have. It's going to be a great Sunday of football, and CFL fans should look forward to what I expect being a pretty good semifinal weekend with a pair of games that will likely be in doubt with three minutes to go. So to recap, take the Alouettes and the Stampeders on the money line. Now, whether you fade or tail these picks is up to you. What's also up to you is to find the best return of investment. There can be a wide disparity in these games when it comes to the wager you put down and what book you want to put it down on. Check the tools at your disposal and make the bet that will bring you the best return. It may just be a couple of dollars, but hey, I'd rather take home 55 than 50 and I think you'd say the same thing. That's all I've got for this week. I'm Mitchell Blair. This has been third and one from the gun. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the division semifinals, and I'll talk to you next week when we talk playoffs and other CFL-related news. And by the way, if you were named a CFL All-Star this week and then had it taken away, congratulations. Nice move, CFL. Nice move.